Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, welcome to a special bonus Saturday DFS episode. When At what point in the season do I stop calling these a special bonus episode because it's not really a TJ. By the way, I'm I'm Matt you, from Yahoo, and I'm, you I'm here took with the TJ. words out of my mouth. I'm here. I'm, took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> really? You were thinking the yeah. same thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how much I'm on autopilot at this point. Like they could, I'm like Ron Burgundy. Brett could put anything on this outline, and I'm reading it, man. So uh, actually, that's probably I shouldn't say that. Uh, but anyways, like yeah, listen. It's not. Is it really a, a special? It's not a special. It's not a bonus. It's the Saturday episode here of both podcasts because we're doing this every single week. As I mentioned, I'm Matt Harmon from Yahoo. That's TJ Hernandez from Four for Four. Before we jump into all of our DFS thoughts for Week Six, a little pre-show business here. Sign up for Yahoo Fantasy Plus. Take it for a test drive, free trial. YahooFantasyFootball.com/slash plus. It's awesome. You need it. Um, if you're listening to this podcast because you're a season-long player and it's like all right my season-long team sucks it's time to just play daily fantasy no don't give up get yahoo fantasy plus and try to win keep going do the thing all right tj i don't know if you want to talk uh some general daily fantasy thoughts from last week we had a massive eruption game uh in the chargers and the browns uh that whole situation Mm -hmm. pretty unbelievable um, I know we talked a little bit about that game last week. Uh, we talked about Nick Chubb last week. We talked, you know, it's always, always the Chubb thing, man. I could, I could, I, I got off Nick Chubb because of what we talked about on the podcast, and I hate, I hate <laughs> yeah. myself. I hate myself for it. Uh, but now, and now I know how tilting the whole Nick Chubb thing is. It's like, uh, it's just, a, it's a nightmare, man. It's, it's, it's whether you have him or not. It's like, it's not fun. But I don't know whether I you shouldn't. want to talk about that. I don't know whether you want to talk about uh, pumpkin spice flavored things. But the floor is yours, my friend. Man, th- those are two really good topics. I, I think that uh, pump- pumpkin, if if I'm going with pumpkin, I like pumpkin pie a lot. But I want the cheap grocery store, not mm. homemade, bad pie crust pumpkin pie with Cool Whip. I don't want a gourmet homemade pumpkin pie. I want a $6 pumpkin pie that could feed eight people with Cool Whip. So if I can take this because i feel like what you're saying is you would rather play Devonte booker for 12 bucks oh. <laughs> just, oh. Oh. as opposed to nick chubb you know listen uh Devontae booker is gonna let you feed your whole lineup Devontae booker in that cheap price uh is gonna let you fill your whole lineup feed the whole family whatever i mean you know what i'm saying nick chubb's bad but it's just Homemade yeah, always like, a risk. Yeah. Homemade is always no matter, a risk. Yeah. And I mean, listen, no matter how much money you're making, no matter how many filet mignons you can afford, sometimes a, a quarter pounder with cheese is the way to go. I mean, that's honestly the best daily fantasy advice you're going to get in the entire industry. <laughs> if you're smart enough to put it uh, together. If you're not smart enough, TJ and I are actually just going to give you the answers here by telling us who we actually like in terms of plays this week. So let's just jump right into it. Yep. In terms of the quarterback position, TJ, mm-hmm. um, your high price quarterback is in fact the highest salary quarterback of the entire slate. Uh, and it makes sense because yep. it's Patrick Mahomes. Can I can I actually just talk about both of my guys together here? Yeah, that's mind? probably I smart. Per- permission. Yeah. I am um, grant Patrick you permission. Mahomes, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, 
Taylor Heineke uh, down at $28, so $12 gap. So Heineke is not necessarily cheap. He's actually priced somewhat appropriately. But this is just a spot that a, a lot of people, I think, see Chiefs. They see high over-unders, and they're like, especially in tournaments like the baller, do I lean into the chalk? Like, this is a spot I think we do lean into the, the popular plays. There's always different ways we could be contrarian at different positions. Um, it's it's not just that this game has a 55.5 point over-under. Both teams projected for over 20 four points uh it's how these defenses have been performing not just allowing a lot of points but how many points they've been allowing we've been expecting teams to score against them and it's still happening the implied totals the over-unders are high in all of these games still the chiefs have allowed every single opponent to go over their implied point total so vegas is projecting a number they're still allowing more points same with washington Four or five teams have gone over their implied point total against Washington. If we combine the points over uh, the implied point totals by their opponents, 81 combined points over the implied point totals by their opponents. Um, both of these defenses, bottom three and schedule just a points allowed to quarterbacks, according to the four for four metric. We know why Patrick Mahomes is, is a great play all the time. Um, Taylor Heineke, maybe people might not be so familiar with him, but the thing we like about a quarterback like Heineke, top seven in rush attempts um, mm. th- this year, uh, that's obviously going to give him a little bit more of a floor. And one of the uh, underrated things about this uh, matchup is I-, I don't know. A lot of times when games go off the rails like this, it's because of some like fluke quarterback fumble sack strip type deal. Both of these offensive lines, top five and adjusted sack rate allowed, according to football outsiders, both of the defensive lines near the bottom of the league in uh, adjusted sack rate. So should be really uh, clean pockets for both of these passers. And when you look at these two teams, uh, both these quarterbacks really like the, the they're both turnover prone right now. I mean, the Chiefs have been the, yeah. as an offense have been extremely turnover prone. You know, I mean, Mahomes is just I mean, we know Mahomes is is QB Jesus. That's fine. But like he's been more is being put on his plate than I think than ever before. And I think because of that, they're being forced into turnover situations. Additionally, um, I, I heard one of the Chiefs beat writers theorize that they know that Mahomes historically has been so careful he doesn't put the ball in places uh where like it's going to be intercepted or something like that so they've become even more defense have become even more hyper aggressive in terms of trying to punch the ball out on guys like Tyree Kill or Clyde Edwards-Alaire so the turnovers have been there and Heineke all the turnovers will always be there yeah I mean that's the reality listen I mean the the Chiefs game I mean we always talk about it kind of tongue-in-cheek like it's an oblong ball we don't know how it's going to bounce but a ball literally bounces off of Tyreek's face mask for an interception. A defender gets his hand up when uh, when Mahomes throws up throws one of his sidearm passes and taps it to himself for an interception. Like those are two huge plays. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not only are we maybe looking at the Chiefs a different way if those um, don't go, we might be looking at the Bills a different way. We might not even be talking about Mahomes having a lot of interceptions because yeah. two interceptions this early in the year is a lot. So. In a literal and figurative sense, the ball can bounce uh, a lot of different ways in this weird football game. Um, these two defenses, you mentioned it, have been uh, one of the two of the worst, like most disappointing, I would say, in the entire NFL, especially, especially Washington. Yeah, Washington has allowed the most air yards so far. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have allowed the seventh most air yards. And I think the reason that they're not even higher on that list, like both of them have been blowing coverages at an absurd rate, but the Chiefs also get crunched by the ground game, too. They get crushed by every position oh, yeah, at everyone. this point. I, I am looking ahead on the outline if you have, because I, I kind of just think like this, this is the game that could turn into like Chargers Browns from last week. I don't know if you have any, uh, you know, we'll talk about the other guys as we get to it. We'll get, we'll talk to you about the other guys as we get to it. Um, all right. So your two guys are from the same game this week. And I think both of them, if you have, if you have a lean, which way would you go? Would you go the expensive route for Mahomes or, or Heineke a little cheaper? Uh, Mahomes, because I, I think, uh, basically in short, we're not going to have to pay up for running backs. You got to pay up somewhere. And I, I think this is a, a week to pay up at quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I think there's really only one running back in the plus 30 range that's even mildly appealing, and we will. he is my pick, so we'll talk about him there. Um, let's move to my quarterbacks who actually do not play each other this week. They play each other last week. Um, Lamar Jackson at $33. I mean, Lamar is just on fire right now. He's unbelievable. He is on pace for 5,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards. That's like... What are we doing here with the Lamar Jackson? It's unbelievable. And um, we know that one of the things that Lamar has done extremely well this year is he's thrown the ball deep. He's thrown the ball at a higher rate in terms of deep passes than any other quarterback in the league, at least going into last week. Um, and he hit plenty of great shots last week as well. But 
the Chargers take away the deep pass. We know that they're they're not going to give you big plays, but we did see the Browns make use of plenty underneath throws, screen passes, things like that last week. And we know that the Chargers really struggled to stop the run. Obviously, Lamar Jackson basically is the Ravens running game right now. I don't see them, you know, suddenly turn around and hand in Latavius Murray like 20 carries or something like that. I think Lamar is certainly in play and what should also be an extremely high scoring game, I think. Yeah, it's one of the best if we look at um, pace and, and and plays per game. You can argue that it's actually a better fantasy environment than uh, Chiefs in Washington just because both the um, both the Ravens and the Chargers do pace up in their plays, and Lamar's going to give you plenty with his legs. I mean, if you look at I, – I would argue that he has the same ceiling as Patrick Mahomes this week yes, just because he rushes so much, and you're getting him at a $7 discount to Mahomes. So if you just think about it in those terms uh, – despite the tough matchup against the Chargers, that he's going to get fantasy points some way against the Chargers. Like, I don't think, as good as the Chargers have been, they, they don't come in and just shut, that, shut down the Ravens, I don't think. And, and maybe I'm misreading the field this week, but you know when I look at the quarterbacks, it's like the two guys in Chargers-Ravens, they're in play. The two guys in Washington-Kansas City, they're in play. After that, it's like no one else really jumps out especially in the cheap yeah. range, as you mentioned, the only guy I thought was interesting, you know, sub 28, like your Taylor Heineke pick. The only guy I really thought was interesting is Carson Wentz. And so I wanted to bring up Carson Wentz here because right now, you know, I believe last I looked at it, the Colts are 10 point favorites at home over the Houston Texans. Carson Wentz is coming off his best game of the season from a fantasy perspective, from a real life perspective. And I kind of feel okay chasing that against the Texans defense that's not good. Like the Texans surprised me last week with being, you know, in that they should have won that game against the uh against the Patriots. They should have won that game. So that was a surprising performance, but it was at home in Houston. That was one of the reasons that I shied away from I can't believe like 14% of people had the Patriots as their survivor pick last week. That would maybe I didn't I was like I'm not doing that. That team's not good enough on the road even if the Texans are terrible and it's Bill Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. But all that to say, I still do not have a lot of respect for the Texans defense. And no, um, no. I would much rather play. This is something I know you have talked about for years. We typically want to, if we're not going to play these quarterbacks in, you know, high scoring shootouts like the Chiefs in Washington right. or Ravens Chargers, you want to pick a guy who's going to actually be in positive game script. And I, I think especially for Carson Wentz. Yeah. You want to b rely on that efficiency in this situation as opposed to like a situation where he's coming back from behind or in an, uh, a point trading situation. Yeah, and that's that's another reason why when you asked me Mahomes versus Heineke, like I do think it's in the range of outcomes in that game that the, the Kansas City is hearing and, and talking amongst themselves about all the quote-unquote negatives that we're talking about. And they go out and they're like, all right, we're just going to drop 40 in the first half. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're oh, blowing yeah. the doors off Washington. But but um, yeah, I, I mean, Wentz will be in really good game script. Houston is a, a bottom 10 team in adjusted fantasy points um, allowed to quarterbacks. And even more important than the positive game script, one of the highest indicators of a good fantasy performance for quarterbacks is a high implied point total. And the Colts are uh, have a 26.75 implied point total. And another thing that we didn't even mention at the top, which we probably should have when you mentioned after those top four guys, we're down to a 10-game slate now. With, yeah, the, with the London game, true. with four teams on by, um, our options are limited. So we're going to, if we are saving from now until week. 15, 16, we're going to be looking at these wince types if we want to save at the position. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. No wonder I feel like the options are so limited because obviously we, we've got a smaller <laughs> yeah, slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. So Carson Wentz is definitely like the least appealing of all these guys we've talked about, both the player, the all four of the quarterbacks we really ended up talking about there, including Justin Herbert. But if you do want to save a bit, I think Wentz in a positive game script is probably the way you want to go against bad defense. All right, let's move it to running back. As you mentioned, looking at the top of the running back slate, you know, CMC is is limited. We're recording this on Thursday. He misses practice. Like, even if he plays, I don't know if you really need to justify the 38 there. Some of these other backs that are plus 30, is, are they're tough to justify as well. So who is your top running back pick this week? Um, I'm actually going to stay um, in your game, your quarterback, Carson Wentz, his running back, Jonathan Taylor, at $23. You mentioned, uh, we mentioned the spread there, 10-point favorites for Indianapolis against Houston. Jonathan Taylor averaging 17.5 touches per game. And talk about the running back environment. Dalvin Cook did practice, but we have six running backs this season that are averaging 20 or more touches per game. There's a chance that 
none of them <laughs> are on the main slate this week. There's Kamara's yeah. on by, uh, Derrick Henry's off the main slate. Um, Mixon's questionable. Davin Cook's questionable. CMC's doubtful. Um, I don't remember who I'm missing, but they're not on the main slate. So we have we don't have like a reliable twenty touch guy this week. So now a seventeen and a half touch guy is kind of like gets near our ceiling um, uh, touch guys. So we saw him get a season high four targets last week against the Rays uh, against the Ravens. Tons of scoring upside here, not just because they have a high implied point total and because he's probably going to be in a good game script where he's going to get uh, more opportunities late in the game, but second most carries inside the 10-yard line with 11 behind only Derrick Henry. And with all that, he is 4 for four's top overall running back value. Najee Harris, I think, was the one you're forgetting. Najee Harris. He is not on the main slate. He's going to be in that barn burner against uh, Geno Smith. I can't believe we're not going to get Gino on the main slate. I really wanted to play. <laughs> I really wanted to play Gino. That's why you got to play the single game contest so you can make yeah, Gino man. your uh, your superstar spot or whatever. Oh so, man, three carries for twenty three yards last week. TJ, the Here legs are still there. Are. Here we are. Gross. I'm I'm not actually not that excited about it. Um, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I wanted to I I wanted to make the case for Carson Wentz, but um, I really I agree that Jonathan Taylor is probably the best play in this game. Um, from a salary perspective, from just an overall perspective. Look, you mentioned it. He's averaging like 17 and a half touches per game. They got to find a way to get more of that, man. Like watching that game on Monday night, he's just so yeah. expl- he's so explosive. He's so powerful. Like, you know, I know Naheem Hines is not going to give his roll up and Hines is, is fine. It's just tough that they're still mixing in Marlon Mack, yeah. too. Well, um, they're, they, yeah. They're trying to trade Marlon Mack. So maybe it's like a showcase situation, but God, I would yeah. love to see. Jonathan Taylor needs to enter that 20 touch range. I mean, they're they're one and four, so they haven't been in a quote unquote Jonathan Taylor game script. So this should be, in theory, this is the game where he does what he did down the stretch last season. Exactly. All right. Uh, my guy is Austin Eckler. He is the only one of the 30 plus backs who I keep mentioning is Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb are all 30 or uh, higher in terms of their salary. I don't think maybe, maybe Nick Chubb against a team that struggles with their run fit. But we've, ex- we just covered the whole damn Nick Chubb uh, homemade pumpkin pie thing, right? We just covered that. Yeah. So you know what the yeah. deal is with that. Zeke is obviously appealing, but, you know, whatever. Austin Eckler, I think, is the only guy here that stands out as somebody that's in play for me. Austin Eckler's got a 16% target share right now. I could actually see that going higher at some point. You know, the Ravens just actually... Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, one of the reasons that I'm like, man, they got to give Jonathan Taylor more touches even in the passing game. He takes that long screen play for a touchdown. Like, the Ravens defense is just whatever. I think they're like, you know, they've still got players like Calais Campbell, who's awesome. But I I don't think they're a team that really makes me want to adjust my expectations. And Eckler's been good as an early down back. His success rate on early down carries is the highest it's ever been in his entire career. So I think that things are really trending well for Austin Eckler. And I could see him continuing to climb in a salary range and in a high-scoring game. I think he makes the most sense in terms of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, those those, uh, those Justin Herbert targets. I think Eckler is my favorite of the three. I mean, the, the knock on Eckler for redraft players, the the one knock we had, he was a first-round pick, was that he hasn't typically been a 20-touch guy and he doesn't get a ton of touches uh, near the goal line. He went over 20 touches last week. He's one of six backs with at least 25 targets on the season. He had a 92% backfield touch there last week. That's just something we've never seen out of Eckler. Eight carries inside the opponent's uh, 10-yard line, tied for seventh in the league. And um, I'm excited for the photoshops of Nick Chubb homemade pumpkin pie. If we don't get one of those, I'll be disappointed. I'll be disappointed. Um, that I mean, it's so easy. The, jo- the jersey color, the helmets are basically pumpkin yeah. pie colored. Like, what are we doing here? It's just so easy at this point. All right, let's move to uh, your your second back here. Um, minor you know, news here. Damian Williams, the Bears starting running back, was placed on the COVID-19 list. So you want to discuss his backup who got more carries than I was expecting last week. Yep, we got the news right before we started recording this on Thursday. Um, so by the time you're hearing this on Saturday, uh, probably be really uh, pumped up whatever projections or lineup generator you might be looking at with Khalil Herbert all the way down at $14. We've seen basically what the Bears have done since Fields has taken over is they've given the game to their running backs no matter who the running back has been. Uh, Chicago backs have combined for 36 touches per game over the last two weeks. And like you mentioned, very surprising split last week. 
even 18 to 18 split with um, Khalil actually taking over snaps and touches in the second half. And it's not like it wasn't a situation where because they were beating the Raiders, they were giving Williams a breather. The touches were, it was only three more for, for Williams, I believe, in the first half. So they were playing them both close in the, in the first half and Herbert looked better and he got more run in the second half. Uh, he has another 18 touch projection according to uh, John Paulson's projections on four for four right now. So at $14, that's a great touch to dollar ratio. And uh, he's our top value under $15 besides one other running back that we might be talking about shortly. <laughs> I mentioned it off the top, buddy. Devonte Booker, $12. Come on, man. Is yeah. that is that not the... Listen, it's not going to be great, I, but it's going to be a homemade, no, you know, a non-homemade pumpkin pie. No, it's it's going to be the the Vons or Ralphs or whatever you wherever you shop at, not in California, pumpkin food pie. line for the regular for the people in the regular part of the country. <laughs> yeah, Pro- probably a delicious pumpkin pie. I mean, I don't know about delicious, but it will be passable. It will be passable. <laughs> um, you look at you look at Devontae Booker, man. You know, he's going to play a little bit in the passing game. We know that. Um, he scored a touchdown last week after Saquon Barkley missed. And I, obviously, Barkley's probably not going to play this game. And look, they're... I believe the Giants are home. They're, they're what, like seven point home dogs to the Rams? It's, or five and a half uh, point 10. home? Oh, 10. 10. Oh, it's 10. 10. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Not an ideal situation for a running back, but he's 12 bucks, man. Like he's going to help you access some of these guys that are um, higher salary, you know, in these uh, Washington, Kansas City games, stuff like that. Uh, So listen, it's not it's not super appealing, but um, he is the guy that I thought it was weird that they made him a healthy scratch a couple of weeks ago when Barkley was back and rolling. But because they gave him like a two year deal in the offseason. So they kind of like the guy, I guess. But um, yeah, I think he's just a he's a salary based play this week. Yeah, I mean, that that could have been like a weird special team situation when he was a healthy scratch, which is often the case with running backs when they're healthy, when they're a healthy scratch. But um, I mean, if we look at some of the other salary plays this week, um, Daryl Williams is up at 17. um, Chuba's up at 18. I'm I'm forgetting someone else, but the point is that for the workload that Booker's going to get like uh, Daryl Williams, um, Devontae Booker at 12 bucks. It's like, it's, it's such a big gap between him and the other value backs that he's still a fantastic play. He's actually a top three running back value on four for four. Yeah, he ran uh, 29 routes last week. So again, he's going to be involved in the pass game. He's not like a two down banger. Like Ramadre Stevenson might end up being in play if Damian Williams misses, but it's like, I don't know about that. These like, obviously the ideal situations are when our running backs are favored, but those are, those are, tiebreaker situations for us we're comparing a a dalvin to an alvin Kamara or something like that but we have these crazy values like it's it's not ideal he might not have a crazy ceiling for tournaments but these are the value plays you want to be building around in dfs these are the plays we want in dfs yeah at 12 bucks you're just not asking for much here that's kind of the whole that's kind of the whole deal um all right let's move to wide receivers let's move to the fun position um love (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly love your pick here jamar chase 24 dollars and I think a lot of people are going to say we have Cup, we have Devonte, we have Tyreek. Where are they? They're really, really expensive. This really, week. they're expensive. like more, more than appropriately priced this week. So Jamar is still re- relative to the field, uh, still a top ten salary guy, twenty four dollars. But he is the the concern. The one concern we had with Jamar going into the season, well. We, I don't think yeah. you and I were concerned about drops. Some people talk about drops. That whole thing. But, <laughs> but I think the big concern, the obvious concern was that they have a lot of mouths to feed, right? So, like, what is the target? What's a realistic target share for Jamar Chase? He's over 25% this year. That 25% is like kind of that cutoff for that wide receiver one role. He saw 27% with T. Higgins back last week. That's mm-hmm. what really, Huge. like, says he is the guy here. He leads the league. And fantasy points, Yahoo fantasy points on deep balls, balls of 15 or more air yards. He has 60 Yahoo points on them this season. Debo has 50. Only four other players even have 40. So he's just dominating on the deep ball. No team has allowed more completions of 15 plus air yards than the Lions. Um, So this is a spot where Jamar, it's going to really just lean into Jamar's strengths. And he's getting that workload that like I expected it to come at some point because usually good receivers command a high target share no matter who else is on their team um i didn't expect it to come this fast so all systems go on jamar like you said i'm not surprised 
that Jamar Chase is great. I'm surprised Jamar Chase is great this soon, like right mm-hmm. away like he is. That is the surprising thing to me. You're dead on about this. It's not like a, you know, I thought there's some, there was some folks thought maybe, okay, it'd be like a 1A, 1B situation with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. It's not. And it's not even like a, it's not even really like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are that close. It's a clear like one, two, three in Cincinnati. And I mean, Jamar Chase, like you're not, you're not, you're, there's no one that has half a brain is going to like take targets away from Jamar Chase to throw them to Tyler Boyd. I'm sorry, Tyler Boyd's not a bad player, but he just is what he is. So yeah, I mean, especially this matchup against Detroit, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I, I feel like Chase has only begun to scratch the surface of what volume he could get the rest of the year. So I like yeah. getting him uh, at this price right now. I thought it was interesting, TJ. DJ Moore, $29 this week after we complained so hard last week that he wasn't priced appropriately. He actually has his worst game. And now his he's, worst game is that price. Ah, uh, what a killer. What a killer. I was ready to say, like, I was ready to have all this analysis about, yeah, I'm going back to DJ Moore this week, whatever. Nope, I'm not doing I know. It. We not had a whole we had a whole segment that we were just gonna play every week and not have to um, not have to give any analysis because it was recorded. Yeah. They must have heard and they want us to work more. I, clearly, shout out to you guys for that one. <laughs> All right, so uh, my actual most expensive receiver, you mentioned it, is the most expensive receiver. It's Tyree Kill. I just think he's worth get worth getting up there for us. I agree. Especially if you're not paying up for running backs, which, as we mentioned, there's really not a, too much appeal there up at the top. Tyree Kill, I think, is obviously in a great spot against the team that I mentioned leads the NFL in air yards allowed this year. Tyree Kill is the best deep ball receiver in the NFL. Boom, boom. It's pretty simple. I think he's worth the 38 bucks. Yeah, and when when we have these Chiefs going nuclear situations, it's kind of always the the coin flip. Is it a Tyreek game or is it a Travis Kelsey game? This isn't a spot where I'm necessarily going to just look at fantasy points matchup because we do have Washington who has given up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers, not a lot of fantasy points to tight end. The tight end is always one that's tricky just because if you don't face an Andrews or a Kelsey or a Waller, like you might not give up that many and they haven't seen a Kelsey yet, obviously. But But they do give up a lot of deep balls. Only two teams have allowed more completions of air yards of 20 or more. And that is where we kind of like have the tiebreaker uh, with Tyreek. And we've seen it this year. Like the Chargers game is a good example of these teams that have um, made a conscious decision to bracket or keep Tyreek under. Like Tyreek might still get his a little bit, but not to the extent of of the nuclear game. Uh, And Washington hasn't shown that they can slow down those types of plays this year. Any interest in... McCole Hardman uh, after 12 targets last week. Yeah, for sure. You, like you're not going to to play him in a cash game setting, but the the Michael Hardman of this year compared to the Michael Hardman that we were hoping for before is that before we were just hoping Michael did it on a random three targets. He wasn't even getting on the field right. when we liked him last year. He was playing like sub 20% snap shares. Now he's randomly sprinkling in 30% target shares. Already done that twice this year. So if teams consciously take away Tyreek or Kelsey or just one of them isn't on, they have a pretty clear third option now in, in Mecole. Like we've seen it two times in five games get a 30% target share. That's not a fluke on an offense that's this good. So uh, if, if you're building tournament teams around this game or you're looking for a way to, like he'll, he's not going to be underutilized i think his rostered rate will probably be in the double digits but he's not going to show up on 20 percent of rosters so if you're looking for a sub 15 percent guy to get in this game i'm I'm definitely using some hardman and he's only 13 too so like you know if you're opting to get up to tyree kill it actually is not i don't think it's bad to play them in the same lineup if you're really stacking up this game terry mclaurin or some of the other guys we're gonna talk about later okay um let's hear your second wide receiver pick uh, Brandon Cooks. I mean, the the usage we've talked about DJ Moore all year about the the salary not matching the usage. Um, Brandon Cooks is the new poster boy for that. He's second in weighted opportunity rating, only to Devonte Adams weighted opportunity. Um, just looks at, at high value targets, not just target share. Uh, he's top five in targets per route one, top three in target share, tops in air yard share. So he's like any usage metric you look at, basically Brandon Cooks is at or near the top, and he's not close to price as such at all um this we already talked about this game on the other side with indy being a huge favorite 
So it should be a pass-heavy game script for Houston. The Colts have allowed the most touchdowns on deep balls, which leans into Brandon Cook's uh, 13-plus yard average depth of target. And even if it somehow stays a little bit close, just despite the 10-point spread. Uh, the Colts have funneled points to the passing game, 7th versus running backs, but 31st versus quarterbacks and 21st against wide receivers uh, when we adjust for strength of schedule. Yeah, I mean, it makes so much sense uh, to go with Brandon Cooks, especially at that price. And I'm going to stay in that same game here. Michael Pittman, man, $15, yeah. way, way too cheap. Obviously, I think the pricing comes out you know, before the Monday night game where he has that kind of eruption spot that we were hoping for for a long time. You know, In terms of weighted opportunity, too, he's in that like DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, uh, Robert Woods range. So he's been getting the opportunities, top 15 in targets as well. I was so happy to finally see him and Carson Wentz connect on like a deep big play because they have been yeah. just this close. This and it close. was and it was just such a great play for Pittman. It wasn't yeah. just like a broken player thing. He he muscled that thing. Oh yeah, he's good, man. He is he is a good real life receiver. I talked about it all off season. He's just. He's he was he's going to be one of the steals of the draft this year for sure. I know guys like Debo Samuel and and Mike Williams who were actually definitely drafted ahead of him came off like real hot this year. I think Pittman's going to catch up to them as well and was drafted even later. So yeah, I mean, as long as he's in this price range, I'm definitely going to continue to play him. Do you usually talk about receivers a lot in the offseason? No. I'm actually a big tight end guy, so let's transition to that. So let's transition to that uh, that position right there. The most the most enjoyable position in fantasy. Who wouldn't want to make that their whole brand? I have no idea. I I think that uh, this is going to be quite an enjoyable week for tight ends, specifically uh, Mark Andrews at twenty one dollars. I mean, we talked about it being a like those weeks where is it is it Hill or is it Kelsey? This week we have two premier tight ends in really good spots with Mark Andrews. You're getting a really big discount compared to Kelsey. I believe Kelsey's all the way up at 30. So yep. you're getting a $9, you're getting a $9 discount, which is big on, on Yahoo. And if we look at four for fours receiver breakout model, where we calculate expected uh, points for every pass catcher actually tied over the past three weeks, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey in expected fantasy points. So you can argue that the salary is actually really inefficient right now. If there is, if there's such thing as a tight end funnel defense, um, the Chargers might be that. They're they're uh, uh, top half of the league against running backs, fourth against quarterbacks, second against um, wide receivers, and twenty third against tight ends, which mm. kind of makes sense. We, we we talked about it uh, with with Tyreek and Kelsey with this same example with the Chargers. Like they're going to keep everything underneath, right? They're they're going to be really good against the quarterbacks as a whole. They're going to limit those big plays to wide receivers. Um, so we've seen teams run against them well, but you still need to pass to keep up with them so it makes sense if you have to pass but can't get deep on them that the tight end would probably have a, a pretty good game so uh, i think mark andrews is in for a huge one here it's uh, it's not a, a, a function I, I think sometimes people might have a we, we've talked about so much about chasing points that sometimes have like an adverse effect like oh he he blew up last week everybody's going to be on him like, this is just a really good spot for him and because him and Kelsey are in such good spots you're not going to get some egregious like 25% roster rate on Andrews it'll be somewhat kept in check maybe around 15 or 16% in the baller. That sounds about right. And I mean, I, I think the same logic applies to Marquise Brown too. I know he's the, dirt, the yes. deep threat of this offense but we've seen him really take the next step in terms of his zone coverage ability, his ability to um, work in the shorter areas of the field. So even though he exploded last week at 17 bucks, I think Marquise Brown makes a good play in this game as well. Can we do a quick little pivot? And and do you have a take on if Watkins is out, like Bateman really coming off an injury and just stepping in and, and having a game? Because like to me, that after missing so much of camp, missing so much of the season, and now everybody's like, oh, Bateman's ready. He's going to roll. I'm like, I feel like we should be tempering things. Yeah, we probably should be, right? The lo logic would tell you that a guy who missed this much time in his rookie camp, you know, and even when Bateman was out there playing pretty well in the early part of training camp in the offseason, you know, Lamar Jackson spent so much time on the damn COVID list during training camp that it's yeah, like I didn't even th think about they that part. probably haven't thrown that many balls together. Mm -hmm. One thing that gives me pause, though. Bateman's really good. And Bateman is like a, sure. a pro-level route runner, I think, in college. Mm -hmm. I think Bateman mm -hmm. was a true – like he was coming in as like a Justin Jefferson prospect to me as like a guy that is going to be able to hit the NFL field and go – Right away. Yeah. Go right away. Okay. Obviously, okay. the camp thing – obviously, no, the injury that's, part. That's, mm -hmm. The injury part throws it off, though, man. I mean, I, I so 
but there's a part of me it's like man he's 10 bucks you know this week he's 10 bucks i'm i'm pretty tempted in a high scoring game if watkins is banged up they might have to throw bateman out there right away like what are they going to do not play him in in favor of old james prochet or devin duvernay I, I, I know the logical feeling, thing is to fade is to not do it so i have a feeling a couple people that um talk about dfs for other platforms are going to be talking about bateman and it's going to make him really popular this week that is very fair probably true because he is a guy that's been very popular in like the fantasy twitter dra- he's one of those guys that like everybody agrees on because he's that good like there's no anti Rashad you know sometimes it's like there's an anti Kadarius Tony sect there's like an anti this prospect sect there's really no anti Bateman sect uh in terms of that's a it's a void I'm I'm willing to fill for one week for one week just do it for one week (laughs) for one week the only thing I mean I'll remember uh back in our in our heyday TJ when we were doing shows Mm -hmm. that nobody was watching on YouTube and like Odell Beckham had his rookie year uh, where he spent all that time away from the game, missing missing camp with an injury, missing the first few games, and he came out right away and caught a touchdown in his first game. You know, like I you heard it here, guys. Rashad Bateman is Odell Beckham. Well, I did compare Justin him to Justin Jefferson, who I said had Odell Beckham's rookie season just without the catch. I've said that like twenty right. twenty times right. during my off season. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean it's it's all a circle here uh, in terms of these wide receivers. But yeah, I, I agree. It's probably best to temper your expectations on Rashad Bateman, but I'm having, I'm having a tough time doing it. Okay. Let's move. Uh, let's talk about something that's really exciting. Dalton Schultz, really exciting at $15. Um, when I look at the rest of the tight end landscape, man, it's like those high price guys, Kelsey, you mentioned obviously, but like Waller at 24, TJ Hawkinson at 18, he's injured. Hawk, sort of. Hawk might not even play. Right? Yeah. I think he probably should sit out a week. Like, just rest up, man. He doesn't look right. The usage hasn't been there. I'm not playing Jared Cook at 18. I'm not playing Noah Fan at 17. Like, so the next, like, range I get to is kind of that Dalton Schultz range at 15. And um, this is purely narrative-based, but, like, you would think that, you know, Bill Belichick wants to stop the thing that you do best or whatever. Um, I feel like that's going to be not Dalton Schultz, you know, but Schultz has has clearly overtaken (laughs) – uh, Blake, like it's not not a conversation anymore as to who the tight end one is in Dallas. Like it's definitely Dalton Schultz, so I think he's in play at this pretty cheap price. Yep, um, I mean Dallas is one of the four teams with the with an implied point total over twenty seven. So we've seen Schultz get um, ha- have touchdown upside in this offense and. Like you said, after the top two guys, I mean, it's there's there's two guys, and then there's a really obvious punt situation, and then there's just kind of meh. So I think Dalton Schultz or a guy that I like at the same exact price in the same exact game, Hunter Henry, we've kind of seen his um, targets increase every single week. Last week that uh, hit a tipping point with a 29% target share that resulted in uh, eight targets. And Dallas is a team that has been beat by the tight ends are uh, bottom 10. If we adjust for strength of schedule, go back to that first week. We remember Gronk went for um, 890 and two against them. Go back a couple weeks ago, Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard, they combined for six, one nineteen and one line against them. So when they face good tight ends, uh, they, they have struggled. And I think Hunter Henry does qualify as a good tight end. I mean, what did Johnny Smith run like 12 routes last week? Ugh, ugh, ugh. Well, what a signing. RIP, RIP, my tournament teams. I know, terrible. But nobody wants nobody wants to hear about our fantasy teams. No, it's fine, but it is tough. Patriots uh, off-season overhaul of all these cute weapons is not really working very well. I, is the obvious punt tight end situation the guy that I'm about to talk about? Absolutely. Well, then let's talk about Ricky Seals Jones, man. Guys play guy plays 99% of the snaps. Uh, in replacement of the pride of Lynchburg, Virginia, Logan Thomas, who is on IR. <laughs> he got eight targets. I believe he ran a route on 87% of Taylor Heineke's <laughs> dropbacks. Ran a, a ton. Like This guy's a former wide receiver, like college wide receiver. I remember uh, one of the researchers at NFL Network, Dennis Norris, and I – there's a name drop that nobody's going to know. Uh, Dennis and I go in, like I was watching Ricky Seals-Jones back when he was a receiver at Texas A&M, and he was like, then it's like this guy can't play receiver in the NFL. Like he's just stop wasting your time. Well, here all these late, all these years later, <laughs> Ricky Seals Jones <laughs> is still in our lives. Um, again, it's a high scoring game. We've talked about this back and forth the whole time, but Ricky Seals Jones definitely in play. And also, by the way, it's a revenge game. Uh, oh, it is a revenge game. That's a good call. Um, two two targets inside the ten yard line, which uh, obviously more scoring upside in the high scoring game. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. He did get some targets in the in the scoring area. So I mean, just he just checks all these boxes, and he's eleven dollars. So you should probably go for it. Uh, let's talk defenses here, TJ. I struggled with defenses this week. I actually found in my lineups if you go cheap at receiver, you get Tyree Kill at at, at thirty eight, and you know, and then you kind of do the whole running back thing that we talked about. You can get up there in terms of defenses. I usually don't spend too much money on defenses, but this week I think you can can and i think you kind of have to outside of of one spot like there's only one egregious salary and it's the rams down at 13 dollars. we already mentioned them as as 10 or 10 and a half point favorites depending on on what book you're looking at uh one, one way to kind of just look for values if you aren't using a lineup generator or something like that go to other dfs sites and look at what the salaries are of players. The Rams are the top salary defense on other major sites, and they're down at $13 mm. on Yahoo. So it's just like, it's a big pricing error. So we just go with that. Uh, the Giants have the second impl- second lowest implied point total on the slate. They have one of the higher neutral passing rates, which is, which is good for our defenses. We want defenses facing teams that throw a lot. So in case they don't get into a pass-heavy script, they're still throwing and, and creating opportunities for sacks, turnovers. And the Rams are top 12 in football outsiders adjusted sack rate. Yeah, it sounds like Daniel Jones is going to play, but still, he's mm-hmm. a turnover-prone quarterback. Uh, even It's mm-hmm. a shame it's not uh, Mike Glennon. That would have been a real real juicy spot. All right, my pick was the Vikings, and I don't love playing a defense on the road. You just were talking about a road defense, though, too, and I think this Vikings defense is playing extremely well. I think they're rushing the passer real well. Everson Griffin was like a great signing, bringing him back there, and, you know, they're pretty opportunistic, and Sam Darnold at this point, man, that offensive line's a problem. I don't know what they expected. I don't know why they would think it wouldn't have been a problem. You know, they, they're, they're doing the thing I hate on an offensive line when, like, as soon as an injury strikes, uh, Cam Irving obviously left tackle. They, then they start moving guys around. They move Taylor mm-hmm. Moten around. That's because it just makes you worse at two spots. Hate yep. that. <laughs> um, so now I think going into this matchup with the Vikings, who, who they're playing better defensively, not like one of the best units of Mike Zimmer's time there. Sam Darnold, obviously, like he basically gave that game to the Eagles last week when he's under pressure. The it just it starts going haywire. So I don't mind them at fifteen here. It is one of the better D-line uh, O-line matches, matchups in favor of the defensive line, and it's going to be hard to play home defense this week because six of the ten games on the main slate feature a home underdog. So mm. um, it's not going to be easy to find that is what a home I, yeah. favorite because there's only four of them. That's what I found. It's pretty tough. Um, all right, let's uh, talk flex plays here. Love your pick of Daryl Henderson in that same game you just talked about. Yeah, talked about the the game flow for the Rams, and he pretty much is, uh, he's kind of the same exact play as Jonathan Taylor for $3 less. 10-point favorite, 17 and a half touches per game, should be a really good game flow. I like that you can pair him with the Rams uh, for cheap and kind of get a, a, a mini correlation play there. The Giants are bottom 10 and adjusted points allowed to the position. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Henderson has, is getting that workhorse role, and he's looking pretty good with it. I just hope he can stay healthy, man. That would be great, but I don't know if I have confidence in that. I wanted to ask you, too, about the Washington running backs, um, because I'm tempted to play them, obviously, in a good match against the Chiefs, but Antonio Gibson, $23. It's This isn't really the game script you'd naturally want him in. I mean, though. then again, last week wasn't really the game script you'd want him in. He's still got 20 carries. Like the usage is pretty sporadic with him. And like JD McKissick, I would be interested in, but he's $16 and we're only a half PPR here. Like that seems kind of a little stretching a little much when I can get Devontae Booker, Khalil Herbert for cheaper. Um, after a day off on Wednesday from practice with a shin injury, sounds like Antonio Gibson got a full practice in today. We're recording this on Thursday, so it sounds like he should be full systems go. I think just from a theory perspective, Antonio Gibson is really good play just because in tournaments, we're not always looking for ideal plays. We're looking for the biggest leverage plays. And yeah. if everybody's going to be on both of the passing games and on Daryl Williams on the other side is one of the most popular value True. running backs. I think Antonio Gibson just makes one of the best leverage plays of the week. So um, that's just a, that, that's a, a, a very good and, and tournament versus cash play can be a generic um, term, but it's one of the best leverage plays of the week a lot. So if you're playing in something like the baller where there's tens of thousands of entries um, and, and you don't want to load up or you don't load up on this game, that's a way to get leverage because if he goes off and the other players don't go, go off, that's where you start 
climbing up the leaderboard really fast. Yeah, and that injury is just going to be a thing all year for him. Like, Mm -hmm. I think he's just going to be constantly kind of nagged by that, which is a shame, but it is what it is. And I think that it's not as if Antonio Gibson's running no routes, you know. He's out there on a decent bit of passing plays. I mean, he's never gotten more. He got five targets in week one, and then it's been two in every game since then. So it's, it's thin from a passing game perspective, but still... He is out there on some passing plays. It's just J.D. McKissick is out there and like hurry up and catch up mode, which they could easily be in against the Chiefs. And how so how ironic when the, the guy that we were worried about, because he never played running back in college. It's so weird. Just, uh, <laughs> it's so weird. Now just, yeah, RIP that CMC role that Rivera was talking about. But it's just, it's different playing like college slot receiver versus oh, like yeah. NFL running back receiver. There's a whole it's lot just, that goes into it. It's just funny that that was yeah. everybody's narrative. He's never the, played running back before. Yeah, I know. It's like the one thing that everybody was concerned about is the one thing that he's great at, which is being like an early <laughs> yep. down banger. It makes no sense. And also like JD McKissick is a pretty good player. Like he's one of these guys yeah. that fantasy Twitter will hate forever, but he's a good, like he's a good NFL role player. So you're not getting rid of him there. Um, the guys I actually also want to ask you about too, in terms of flex options, Allen Robinson at $16, Darnell Mooney at $13. Listen, I know the Bears are not opening up that offense whatsoever. They've been extremely run heavy. The first week, throw it out the window with with Justin mm-hmm. Fields because yes. it just yeah. that was a nightmare. The last yep. two weeks, obviously, they've been extremely conservative, extremely run heavy, but they've basically been in positive game script throughout their time against the Lions and the Raiders. You would think against the Packers, not going to be the case. Secondary is also missing Jair Alexander, who's on IR. I mean, nobody's going to want to play Allen Robinson. I think some people will want to play Darnell Mooney because he's extremely cheap. And from like an air yards perspective, he's actually leading the team in terms of uh, air yards right now. So, and not too far behind in overall targets as well from Allen Robinson. Like Mooney and Fields have, have had a pretty decent connection. So, how do you feel about these Bears receivers as like tournament only flex plays? Well, even though everybody's talking about how conservative the offense has been and and how Fields isn't running the ball, which is completely egregious, it's weird. They went they went from a a zero literal zero percent deep ball rate with Andy <laughs> Dalton to a a relatively high like the the overall volume isn't there, but they have went to a, a pretty high deep ball rate when they have let Justin Fields throw. I write an article every week for Yahoo that looks at my favorite stacks and my favorite contrarian plays. One of my favorite contrarian plays is Allen Robinson because 30% of those deep balls from fields have went to Allen Robinson. Even before Jair Alexander got hurt, the Packers were one of the worst teams in the league at allowing the deep ball. And then we saw without Jair, Jamar Chase just goes nuts on them yeah, last week. Exactly. So I think Al, I think Allen Robinson is set up to be in a really good you're not, I don't think you need to stack this game. You can just play yeah. Robinson. He's going to be in like, he'll probably be on 1% of rosters at the most, and you're getting him in at $16. So I actually like him over Mooney because I think Mooney just might get a little bit of steam just because he's he's 25% target share and he's the rookie Justin Fields connection, which is me making fun of myself for last week. Um, but I actually <laughs> like Allen Robinson a, a lot this week. Oh, good. I'm so glad you said that because I was feeling that way, but I know I've, I've got Allen Robinson blinders. So um, I, hey, yeah, it's okay. I mean, look, he's still a great player. It just hasn't quite connected with him in Fields yet. And... I think this could be the week that it does. The Jair thing is a huge part of it as well. And did you? I, I mentioned this stat on our um, Thursday podcast at Yahoo um, to Dalton uh, Del Don. Ironically, uh, did you know this, TJ? Andy Dalton had the highest expected completion percentage in the league per next gen stats. You know who the lowest is? Justin Fields. So, like to just show you the switch in philosophy from a passing perspective between those two guys, it's huge. I- when when you're throwing it uh, four yards past line of scrimmage, your expected completion percentage is going to be high. Very true. Very true. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk fades here. And your one of your fades is one of the guys I just talked about. We have we haven't argued in so long. I felt like we were getting along too well. Yeah, so true. I had to uh, true. had to create some tension. Um, I mean Ricky Seals Jones in in a vacuum. He's a good play. Yahoo's primary games are tournaments, especially the baller. So from a tournament theory perspective, uh, when we're getting a situation where a player like this is going to be popular, I do think Seals Jones will be the third most popular player um, at his position besides Kelsey and and Mark Andrews. It's just typically a situation that we don't want to lean into. Um, It's a a low volume, high volatility position, high volatility player backup in a situation that has where you talked about like the potential to go off the rails if they are are in a situation where Kansas City just comes out 
and blows the doors off of Washington. The player that's most likely to benefit that is Terry McLaurin. Like Ricky Seals-Jones probably needs a pretty good, pretty close game script to to succeed. And he really needs a touchdown to succeed. So I I just don't like playing players like this when they're going to be in 20% of lineups. You think he'll be in 20% of lineups? Yeah. Can I? Can we do set like an over under and like I don't know, do a beer bet on this that I think? Um, well, I'm not setting the over under at twenty. That's bad. That's, that's bad, no, no. Uh, that's what I mean. Set setting. it. Set it. Set it as something at 15, lower. Fifteen. Fifteen. I'll take at the. 14, I'll take at fourteen. Fourteen and a half, and I'll take. I'll take. Fourteen the, and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, take the, the over. Under. I'll take the under. I'll take okay. the over. All okay. right. Um, six pack of Miller Lights or six pack of IPAs. <laughs> Miller Lights, obviously. Duh. No, I'm not really a Miller Light <laughs> guy. I'm actually more of a. More, I'm fine with Miller Lite, but like if I'm gonna drink light beer, it's probably um, I mean I'm a, I'm like a cheap uh, Mexican like beer guy, like so I'll you can give me a, give me a six pack of Land Shark. <laughs> now we're now we're talking Jimmy deal. Buffett's beer, deal. cool deer deal. deal. All right, cool deal. Uh, you get the you got to find the ownership numbers on that though. I don't know. I'll don't, find it. I'll yeah, find yeah, you find I'll that. Find which is now now you're just gonna bias the numbers or whatever. TJ's gonna be tweeting about how Ricky Seals Jones steam Ricky Seals is like a must for play. Six beers. <laughs> <laughs> all for six all for six beers. Yeah. All right. Cool deal. Um, the guy I'm fading this week is Aaron Jones at 33. Not not a lot of good. Even though this is a situation where you kind of would want to use Aaron Jones, right? Because he's he, he's there. He's a great back. Number one, uh, the Packers are favorites. Yada yada. Good situation. But like, I do really believe that AJ Dillon is legit creeping into his role a little bit. Um, AJ Dillon gets four targets last week. You know, in terms of routes run, he's kind of the same as he's been all year. But I think that AJ Dillon's a good player. I think that they. I kind of thought that this was the situ- going to be the situation all year. Not that it would hurt Aaron Jones that much, but like especially in cleanup duty, as we saw uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Steelers, I definitely think A.J. Dillon's going to be out there. So um, I, I think that Darren Jones just at that cost is not worth it. Yeah, I mean, they're A.J. Dillon, 47% touch share in week four, 39% touch share in week five. So it's like getting really close to that 60-40 split where I think it kind of evens out. At, and I, I, th- I might have seen, maybe I made this up, but I thought I saw something come across a ticker where Matt LaFleur after that game was like, I, I wish I would have got Dylan more more pass more passing work, more touches. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. And Aaron Jones, uh, I don't know if you mentioned limited uh in practice on Thursday. Mm-hmm. He's he's mm-hmm. he's a little banged up with an ankle right now. He hasn't had like a huge game. I think both these guys are buys in season long though, right now. Like I, if Aaron Jones doesn't have a big game this week, I'd buy low on him in season long. And I think AJ Dillon is like a high upside flex every single week and a guy that has monster upside if Jones ever misses time and he's already banged up. So there you go on that one. Yeah, I kind of just don't love this spot for the Packers in general at Chicago against a good pass rush. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm not really gassed up about any Packers this week. I can't believe you think Ricky Seals-Jones is going to be in like 20% of lineups. He's he's Ricky Seals-Jones, bro. We'll see. We'll see who's drinking the beer, Matt. All right. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Uh, Well, on that note, that is going to do it for the two of us. TJ, why don't you tell the people uh, all about all of the DFS MVP things you've got going on? Yeah, besides this show, um, every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, you can find me talking about all things DFS across all platforms. Uh, Mondays uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch me doing cash game reviews with Matt Savoka, my DFS MVP co-host. Sunday mornings on the 4 for 4 uh, subscriber-only Discord. We're doing a last look at our GPPs. That's at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. Again, that's subscriber-only Discord. Go to 4 for 4. Go to my Twitter and you'll find it there. I bet you that Sunday morning Discord is just going to be like everybody play <laughs> Ricky Seals yep. Jones. I don't yep. even care. It doesn't matter how much money I lose in DFS this week. I need the six pack. I as need long as I need. get the six pack, who cares if I'm firing off four months rent in DFS? I mean, what a guy. What a hero. What a legend. A man of the people if we've ever heard one. That's TJ Hernandez. All right. Yeah, of course, if you found this via the DFS MVP, please check out the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Uh, there's a lot of great episodes uh, basically every single week, uh, every single day of every week is what I mean by that, of course. And I'm on the Thursday episodes with Dalton Dale Don and the Sunday recaps uh, with Liz in addition to this one as well. But that is going to do it for us. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. That's at TJ Hernandez on Twitter. Make sure to check out the whole crew at Yahoo Fantasy. Until then, we're out.